Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode, really our, our final episode of, of this season of the Fully Delighted Podcast. And my name is Adam and I'm the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me today is Eric Nelson, our Pastor of Ministry and Teaching. Eric, it's good to have you on. Hey, Adam, thanks for having me back, I guess. I've loved this season. I've learned so much from everybody that's been on the podcast, sharing their story. And uh, I mean, I could do this every week in, for years, and uh, and yet we do have to bring this season to a close and pause and then prepare for our next season. But uh, today we have Lisa on the podcast, and I'm so excited to uh, uh, have you share your story. Um, you know, I listened to it a couple weeks ago over the phone and have seen you around our locations, and so your story is unique and um, very, very interesting. So it's going to be a great episode today. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to, to get into this and to, to, to talk through Lisa's story. I think people will find it really helpful to hear. And uh, before we even get into it, so just a reminder to everybody, and, and I know that some people are like, I hear this every week, and but I just want to make sure that everybody you know gets to know just how they can help. If you enjoy this podcast and you feel like uh, there's a benefit to it, uh, there's a few things that you can do that don't cost you anything, but help us out a ton. You can share it with a friend. You can uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, especially. That's the big one that that uh, we get the most traction on. And uh, you can uh, just stay subscribed and keep downloading them. All those things help us out, and uh, and, and then might help somebody else out. So, and you know, we don't say this very often, but I want to say this at the end here of season three. Uh, this podcast is made possible by the people who generously support SMCC. That felt like a PBS thing. Like this is made possible by. Those <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's yeah, true. But it is true. It's the people who partner with SMCC uh, every week, every month to say, you know what, we want to financially be a part of this mission. That is what has made this podcast possible. So uh, yeah. if that's you, thank you. And uh, if you want to be a part of uh, reaching as many people as possible, you can always do that um, on our website. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So as Eric was saying, uh, we've got Lisa here. Hello, Lisa. Hi. It's hi. good to have you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. And so you get to finish up the final uh, episode of this season. Wow. So uh, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure on that <laughs> one. There's been some good episodes. Now, so. Last week, the people on the podcast were people who grew up in polygamy, and that's yeah. always fascinating. So yeah. yeah, that is a tough act to follow, but, but Lisa... <laughs> Your story includes Hawaii, and everybody yeah. loves Hawaii, yeah. so this is going to be awesome. I got the location advantage on this one. <laughs> yeah, you got the the, vac- the vacation you know spot. You've yeah, got, you've got the spot. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. Well, let's dive in. Um, Lisa, tell us what it was like growing up uh, as a Mormon. Kind of take us through the highlights right. or low heights, low lights, however <laughs> you see it, um, of your story. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, as you said, I I, uh, hail from the state of Hawaii. Um, I lived on Oahu, which is the capital island of uh, of that state. And uh, for the majority of my life, uh, 30 plus years of my life, I I lived in Hawaii. Um, On the island of Oahu, I lived on the north windward side, which is very smallly populated. Um, Is that the North Shore? Yeah, yeah. North Shore, Whoa. famous for, you know, all Surfing, the surfing, the, the beaches, the big waves, um, every 
yeah. Uh, everybody that has anything to do with the ocean definitely wants to see um, that that location. Um, so La Ie is is the name of the town. Wow, the way you said that was amazing. <laughs> Like, like there's like a Hawaiian like <laughs> accent, right? Like there is like a thing. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is kind of a, a local yeah. kind of like take on it, um, <laughs> and and the Hawaiian language does come into play a lot uh, because of the the way the words are are pronounced and mm-hmm. such. Um, but yeah, that's a very uh, you know maybe about six thousand people or so okay. in the community, um, and it is as I have found one of the most remote remote places on this planet. Oddly enough, wow. because Hawaii itself is uh, is from all directions like more isolated than anywhere, and mm. and actually that side of the island is the most remote on the island. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it can definitely feel that way to living there all that time. Can I ask somebody, yeah. I want to ask that, that I've always wanted to ask somebody that grew up. So you grew <laughs> yeah. up in Hawaii. He's yes. like, do you have a house yes. I can stay at? No, 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 no. Well, I just want to know is, you know, people probably think, you know, like, is it, is it, is it as cool as it sounds? Uh, to well, grow up in you know, Hawaii? it is a totally different life. Um, in a lot of ways, it, you know, I, I lived kind of as a minority. Uh, I mean, I came here to Utah and uh, kind of like, wow, there's a lot of people look like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm used to living, a, you know, very, uh, very much a minority of a population. Um, sure. And, you know, the closest like mall or something is an hour drive away. Wow. So I, you know, I, I lived a very simple, no shoes kind of life. Interesting. For the so small town, life. small, very small like town. village almost. Yeah. In yeah. fact, they do call it a village. Okay. Oh my god. You would yeah. never think that. Like when I think of it, I think of like Waikiki. That's in Hawaii. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think of like hotels on the beach. That's not. That's yeah. Not where you that's grew up. the other side of the island, right. and it would take oh gosh, maybe an hour and a half to drive yep. there. You know, circling the whole island is two, two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's bigger than a couple of the islands, but smaller than a couple mm. of them as well. So wow. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, I'm living in this remote, uh, very remote town of La Ie. Um, I ended up there because my uh, my grandparents were in the military. My grandfather was a chaplain in the military. Um, and so he ended up in Hawaii and my mom ended up there and going to college, BYU Hawaii. Um, and my dad was from Oregon, ended up going over there for college as well. Um, my grandfather then uh, became a, a vice president of what at that point was called the Church College of Hawaii. Before it was uh, BYU Hawaii, mm. it was called the Church College of Hawaii. And gotcha. he was a vice president there um, in charge of all the international students that would come. Um, and so he's very, very well known um, as kind of a founder early founder of the of the school over there um at the same time he was uh like a temple sealer so Mm -hmm. uh a lot of people like my 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 rep my my name and my reputation was pretty pretty big over there before (laughs) i was even born right so kind of born into this uh into this situation um so yeah my my grandparents that lived in hawaii they uh they were second generation LDS. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't come from any kind of like pioneer background mm-hmm. of any kind, <laughs> um, but they were maybe second, like second year, second generation. Um, and my dad, same thing, kind of second generation. He ended up for school there. So my parents met 
you know, BYA Hawaii mm-hmm. or Church College of Hawaii. And uh, and I was born. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what are some yeah. of your earliest memories of uh, spirituality, church, or God? Well, um, so my my family was very, very um, involved in the LDS church. Um but I have had a lot of time to reflect on this now, and kind of what I've seen um, in looking in hindsight now is, even though our family was very involved, it was like assumed we're going to church every week, um, we know we're going to do everything that they do in church. My mom, I think, was always kind of on the fence about it, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to disappoint her own parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in in that, it kind of got put on the kids, this is what my thought is like, you know, if my kids are doing good and they, they, they're, they look like they're doing good in church and they're following everything, then, uh, then it kind of makes me feel okay mm-hmm. <laughs> that maybe I'm kind of waffling on this, but okay, nope, if, as long as they're looking good, then it looks like I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, even though I felt the pressure of going to church and, you know, I think, I don't know, I think I've maybe missed like 10 times in my entire life. Wow. Like I went, wow. I mean, I, yeah, I just, you know, oldest child, overachiever, you know, role in the family is, mm-hmm. you know, gonna get all the accolades. And part of that was like, yeah, you're the head of this and you're the head of that and you can do this and you can do that. Um, and so, yeah, definitely fed into that, uh, my own personality as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like I can dot all the I's and cross all the T's, uh, and juggle 15 things at one time. Um, and so, yeah, that really fed into that for me, but what I, but I do realize it created in me a really bad place of anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. which did went unacknowledged for very, for forever until, until fairly recently. But, Mm. um, I think my mom was always in that same boat, Mm -hmm. but just did not step out, Mm. did not want to upset her own parents Mm. who she, uh, was trying to kind of, you know, please and such. Um, so, you know, I did all the, the milestones, you know, the baptisms, the, the um, you know, every youth activity, very, very typical, very, very standard. Didn't question anything because, you know, I came from a very expansive Mormon family because at this point, like every relative I know is LDS. Um, I, the only people in my life I've ever known are LDS. Mm-hmm. I have no idea there's anything else out there, you know. Right. Um, I didn't even, and, and, and there's always that underlying, like, oh, if you're searching for something, you know, you're going to be kind of led away. Mm-hmm. Um, so just don't even go looking. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so that, you know, that with that pervasiveness, I, you know, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, well, there's no reason to even do anything different because this is all I know, this is all I see. And, 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 um, that's, that's the way life is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, so my, my life all the way from, you know, being a kid to a teenager to going to college was very much like just step in line and mm-hmm. follow, follow, follow the path, yep. follow mm-hmm. that plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah, which took a very long time and a very big explosion in my life to yeah. actually be like, whoa, this is, this is kind of. So you were on the plan <laughs> for years. Very much on yeah, the plan. So you're on the plan for years and then you get into college and yeah. things come off the rails yeah. I mean, or what? 
Well, so I went into college, um, and you know, at BYU Hawaii. BYU Hawaii. Yep, of course, because where else would you go? Yeah, yeah. where else am I going to go? Yeah, I did come over yeah. here for a semester, um, and just I was very confused by you know the life over here. I I do have to say that at one point we did live here in Utah for a little while while my dad was working at, at BYU Provo when I was younger, so I was familiar with Utah and such. But when I came back in college, it was kind of like. Wow, uh, this is very different. People are different. This, these ideas are different. It feels very uncomfortable. So I went back to BYU Hawaii, finished out my school there. Um, so yeah, I kind of did. I started kind of doing the typical college thing, a little bit of dabbling and you know some drinking. Um, and what happened was at one point I. Uh, I ended up being taken advantage by uh, a much older person, um, mm. and that that incident um, led me to this kind of new idea that hey, I'm not worth anything anymore in this situation. Like, mm. it's all mm. throw all those towels in, you know, mm. because. Um, you know, at least at that point, I think they've taken these kind of lessons out of the Mormon um, church. But at that point, there's these lessons about like, you know, if you have like premarital sex, you're like a used piece of gum. You know, once you chew that piece of gum up, it can't no. go back to its original form. I've heard you know? that illustration before. Yeah, yeah, I think they've taken it out. There's, I've heard that there's there was some like movement to try to get those things out, and I believe they have. But you know, and. and um, so at least in my mind, I was like, okay, well, you know, just this is how it is. So, uh, you know, I ended, I ended up getting married to, to a, a, a nice guy. Um, he, he had been LDS himself, um, but he had gone inactive. He was converted with his family and was younger. And then mm -hmm. um, he uh, went inactive and, and then we met and, you know, we started dating and such. And I was still... I was still like, I'm no, I'm still in the, in the LDS church. And, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we over time ended up, uh, getting married and, um, and sealed in the temple. That took a little, that took some years, actually. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that initially. Mm -hmm. Um, but ended up get, going to the temple, being mm -hmm. sealed in the temple, you know. Is this when you had kids. the, you had, uh, sort of some high up leadership positions is during this time or is this, is um, that before after Yeah. The, so about this time also, um, I, you know, because I got went through the temple, right. you know, now my status is picking up steam. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, then, yeah, then I started getting like, uh, you know, leadership here, leadership there, uh, you know, in charge of all the like BYU married wards um, mm -hmm. and all the, wow. yeah, lots of programs. Um and lots and lots of people pleasing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and you had mentioned earlier you were good at you know juggling a lot of things. So you know you have this achiever in you, sort yeah. of an overachiever. You have you're busy. You have a lot of leadership. Yeah. Um, uh, my LDS neighbors seem very busy um, with oh. church things. You know. Uh, yeah. And that was your experience. You're very busy. Well, and that yeah, extremely busy. Um, and I, you know, I in my mind, I'm like. It was just about doing more, doing more, and doing more. If I'm mm -hmm. doing more, doing more, doing more, I'm doing what I what I need to do. Uh -huh. um, this is this is what you do to to be happy, and this is this is what you do to um, to show God that you are working for Him. Is mm -hmm. to just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, yeah, it just got extremely, extremely over the top. Now, I, you know, I'm kind of like uh, good with high functioning anxiety. And okay. so people will be like, wow, you're, you know, you can do 10,000 things at one time. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, but, wow. but behind that, I'm like, oh, goodness, have mercy yeah. on me. I'm exhausted, <laughs> but no one knows. Yeah. 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 High functioning anxiety. Yeah. That is an interesting phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. So you're, you're newly married. You have some high positions. You're busy. Um, behind the scenes, you're feeling some anxiety though. Yeah. Uh, what happened next? Okay. Well, so that went on for, for many, many, many years. And so really kind of where everything turned. Cause I, cause I really had a pretty, like, just stay the course, uh, walk that path. Um, you know, follow this plan and your life just goes along smoothly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God's going to be happy with you and you're going to make it to that highest kingdom and mm-hmm. all of that. Right. Um, so what happened was my mother um, ended up getting cancer mm-hmm. um, and it was a very quick thing. It, it was melanoma. Um and from the time she was diagnosed until the time she passed away, it was very short, like two, three months. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And so it was just a mind bender for me. You know, mm-hmm. she was at home. I helped take care of her um, and and saw that whole entire process go down. Um, and, you know, I realized when, when she passed away, um, I was like, wow, you know, she wasn't like the strongest LDS person. Like she, she was kind of an outspoken person actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought, well, where's she going to go now? I don't know. You know, uh, is she making up to that kingdom? Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not going to see her again. At the same time, um, there was a lot of people at church that were, because I held the leadership positions, they wanted me to speak about Oh, what, you know, oh, well, my mother's passed away, but I know I'm going to see her again in the afterlife. And, you know, like a day after the funeral, uh, the stake president called me up to speak about the, the death. And I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say no, but it was just like gut wrenching because what they want, what, what I felt people wanted out of me was that, oh, you know, I know she's passed away, but everything's okay. Um, we're not going to be sad because mm-hmm. I know where, you know, where she's mm. going. Yeah. So I, I kind of found um, through that, you know, I ended up getting very severely depressed, but mm. nobody knew because, um, oh, there was the happy face on the outside mm-hmm. that was still juggling all the 10,000 things and, you know, having the homemade dinner every night and, and all of that, um, stuffing the feelings. So, you know, it's, I, I, I can't, it's not a, when I, when I've talked about it and walked through that journey with like a therapist or counselor or such, um, I I don't like to look at it so much as a place of blaming Mm -hmm. as just like a naming of like these pieces that came together that, that got me to this next mm-hmm. piece that we're going to come to. But, um, so, you know, I've got this certain aspect that I'm trying to uphold as an image mm-hmm. in this church. Um, my own personality comes into play because I'm highly driven and I want, uh, I want to be the people pleaser because in my, in my own family role, that's how I felt. I gained love was earning mm. even in my own family. Um, 
And so, you know, all these things are coming together (laughs) and I don't acknowledge and no one acknowledges that, well, there's something a little not going on behind, Mm -hmm. you know, the eyes anymore. Mm -hmm. She's like starting to do some strange things. Um, So as you're talking about all those pieces, though. Yeah. um, Man, I think, is it your experience that you've seen a lot of people that have those those pieces in their journey? I mean, sort of uh, earning, driven, image. Uh, pressure, you know, they that that's all swirling around inside of this experience. I think it's religion in general. I appreciate yeah. what you said about not blaming. Yeah. Um, so in your experience, are those pieces of the puzzle present in a lot of people's lives in, in Hawaii, in Utah, in the communities and cultures you've been around, Lisa? Okay, well, you know, that's that's part of the story is, you know, I feel like now looking back that there was an really anyone in my life now this this could I say this from my own perception and probably part of some of my own character flaws but there wasn't anybody in my life that was real with me Mm. um there was no conversation about like hard stuff um it's it was kind of like if you're not happy there's something wrong Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because if you know if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing yeah you're gonna hit some bumps in the road but it's about being happy your life is about being happy well you know i see things a lot differently now it's not about being happy (laughs) um and so yeah it's kind of like no i have to be happy i have to be happy i can't talk about these things Mm -hmm. because that's not a happy place um and i'm supposed to be happy yeah i know where my mom's going so why am i you know everyone's mom's dies like why why am i you know, being this way. So mm. nobody had any real conversations with me mm. Um, mm. about anything. Um, and so I feel like I really lacked uh, emotional Im- uh, maturity. Mm. I feel like I really was so stunted in that. In fact, at one point later down the road, which will come up, I went to a therapist that told me, your emotional intelligence is about a 12-year-old. Wow. And I was like, Okay, you know, I actually agree with you because mm-hmm. I can't handle oh, <laughs> I can't handle Ouch, anything. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. All right. So all this is going on under the surface. It sounds like this is heading to a point where it's about to boil over. Yeah, is this that what is happened? this is heading to a very self-destructive situation. Okay. Um, so you know, without disclosing too much detail, because sure. there's a lot of people involved and some people that are very hurt, very still very, very hurt by mm-hmm. the situation. Um, Um, I ended up, you know, well, you know, cared for my mom that first year, just kind of hid the depression at about a year. I really just broke inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up uh, doing some things that were a little bit Mm -hmm. crazy. Um, Ended up having a relationship outside of my marriage, uh, was, you know, had substances going on in the Mm -hmm. background nobody Mm -hmm. knew about. you know, to the I, I ended up like uh, I lost a ton of weight. I had a lot of people kind of approaching me either. Are you like, do you have cancer or mm. like, what's your exercise regimen? Okay, you, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it well. was kind of so funny because there was so much broken in me and people would come up. Oh, you look really great. You know, oh, wow. and I'd just be like, well, you just 
get really depressed and go a little nutty, <laughs> and you can lose 30 pounds too. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, so I was like, wow, this is all, all appearances, right? They don't have any idea about how broken I am in mm. every respect. Mentally, physically, spiritually. And I'm sure there were red flags, but there like you were said, so many because there flags. weren't people around you who could be honest or real, your no. emotional maturity was pro- you know, you would be maybe reflected in the other people's emotional maturity around you. So no one's gonna say, Hey, can we meet? Because I'm concerned. You know, yeah. no one's seeing these red flags. Yeah, people would start asking me exactly more like they'd see me they'd lost that I'd lost a lot of weight and you know, they were kind of yeah, like I said, it was either uh it, no, actually, the people that approached me about like, oh, have you been diagnosed with something um, were not LDS people. It was like a few uh, other people in my work environment that were in LDS. They, mm. you know, kind of look at me like, is everything OK? But mm. everyone in my uh, in that religious community <laughs> was more like, wow, what what's your diet and exercise routine? Wow. Like? Ignorance oh. is bliss, right? Like, that's like, it, I don't want to know yeah. the hard facts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And at the same time, my own mental state, um, you know, inside my marriage, the, uh, at least because I was just so in a dis, you know, disconnect, I I couldn't do the things. I couldn't do the ten thousand things. It was starting to crumble. Okay. You know, pretty soon I couldn't even make dinner anymore. And then so there's a lot of resentment starting in, in my marriage because those kinds of things were crumbling down. But then again. Um, a combination of the, the 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 religious kind of muffling of, of emotion to uh, my own personal relationship with my husband that was not very, um, you know, we didn't talk about feelings and stuff like this. Um, mm. And, you know, from uh, the therapy I've done that, you know, that also has related a lot to my core family and kind of how we work dynamically as well. And that's again, kind of related to religion, Uh but, uh, so it kind of all circles around in these unusual ways. But so that, uh, you know, that situation of craziness, uh, and depression, and I have a lot of loss of memory during Mm. several years now because I just was in the worst place and just did not know what to do. So at this point now, there's a lot of sin starting to to Mm. build up and I just had no idea what to do with it. Mm. Um, I thought, this is it. I, it's better for me right now to just not be on this planet mm-hmm. than to have to, to, I don't know what to do Fa- with this. To face this to or face be honest. This, or... To be honest. I can't be honest because it's going to hurt so many people. Mm-hmm. It is better for me just not be here. Wow. So I did pack up like my stuff. I labeled it for people and oh. I just didn't know. I didn't want to, uh, you know, to end my life and have someone find, you know, like then, then there was this like, Oh, I don't want my kids to find me this way. I don't want, you know, like, what can mm-hmm. I do so that nobody has to, you know? Oh my so it's like, again, I'm people pleasing in my own. In, in, the, in your own. <laughs> yes. I'm wow. like, yeah. You must've just felt, you must've just felt trapped. I felt, in fact, I had a, I had one friend who at that point was really going through, um, a bad, marital situation who has since left the LDS church as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was the only one we, we could kind of see it in each other. And we had a couple discussions of, I didn't talk about my situation at that point. Um, but I, but the kind of the running joke was like, I, I was the trapped bird in the cage. And Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. you know, if I could somehow manage every once in a while to be 
to come out of the cage. All the people would say, she'd say, oh, you were able to get out of the cage. I'm like, yeah, it was real. And I just felt more and more suffocating. Of course, you know, that's my own headspace, right? Just mm-hmm. closing in on each other because mm-hmm. I am, um, I'm, first of all, just in general, regardless of what religion or you know, belief I had, my own sin was starting to close in on myself Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to do with it. And then second, I have a religious structure that when I look at it was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to do this and this and this, which means, you know, talking to the bishop, talking to the stake president, um, not taking the sacrament, walking through this church court and all this. I'm like, you know, and it wasn't, um, and even since knowing that those are the things I would have to do to regain my status in that religion, um, I chose not to do that, not because I was in deny. I'm in denial about the things that have happened or um, that I am too afraid to do those things, which is kind of where the camp is with a lot of people in my mm-hmm. family these days, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so anyways, I uh, knew with all of this stuff closing in, I just would, you know, rather not have to walk through that for mm-hmm. everyone. It would be easier for them if I just, if I just died, really. Well, yeah. <laughs> real, real quick, you know, we were talking earlier and you said that in therapy, you yeah. once had a therapist who said, uh, don't blame it, name it. Yeah. And just to hear you put together the, the thought, I've never heard someone say this out loud, so I appreciate you saying it because I'm, I'm learning so much from the story. People pleasing and achieving even in your own death. Like that's what you said a couple yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. That is a stunning statement. Is, I, yeah. I it was, it was, it was crazy. Cause I look at it now. I'm like, I labeled everything and I tried to get all the family mementos together. And I was like, I've got to make this for, every, you know, good for everybody. Wow. You know, I mean, it, and I imagine there are people perhaps listening to this or people around us and we would never know they're thinking this or feeling this. But what you no. just said is naming what they're experiencing, yeah. you know, like yeah. people pleasing and achieving even to the point of in my own suicide or death. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, again, I just, <laughs> I couldn't come up with that plan that was going to be good enough for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, so God. I'm still just kind of biding time and the situation is just getting you know, worse and more extreme for me. Ultimately, what happened was my uh, husband at that time, you know, the, found out what was going on um, and kind of in his own anger uh, did a few things that just put me even further over oh, the no. edge. So my brother and sister ended up flying over. Um, my sister lives here in Utah County. My brother lived in Las Vegas at the time. Um, they were highly confused because they were like, what did she do? You know, like it, it was kind of came out of the blue for everybody. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of were like backtracking like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you know, now yep. we can kind of see these signs. Connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. connect the dots. So they ended up bringing me over here um, mostly because my, you know, my sister lived here Um and they brought me to a recovery center, you know, for health. It was health and substance abuse because nobody at that point really could understand what had happened or what was going on with me. Um, so I came over here and ended up staying in, in a treatment center for 45 days. Um, and they, 
it was interesting because I, I, I was kind of not, I'm not, wasn't really a substance abuser. Like I wasn't like an addict, but I had all this mental health going on and they were, you know, it was an interesting thing. But what I found in that center was, is kind of just the beginning of what, what has unraveled for me. Mm -hmm. It was the first time I had sat in a group of people that were just honest with life. Mm. I was mind blown. Mm. I could not believe I just, I cried and said, this, these are real people. Mm -hmm. I remember using those words, like these are real people, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just changed me Mm -hmm. in that moment. These are people talking about real things. Um, and I've never had anyone talk to me in that space of being like non, you know, non or feeling like they're not going to be non-judgmental and, um, being able to share a truth, hard truths mm-hmm. that need to be faced. Yep. Um, and, and so, you know, at that time going, walking through and being in that center, um, it kind of got me, it was kind of God's first way of working me through this process that has, mm-hmm. that has happened over this past Would you still year. have identified as LDS at this time? Um, when I walked in, yes. I walked in with the garments okay. and everything. And during that 45-day stay, it was just like these pieces coming off. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that that movie, Rocket Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I, before I came into that recovery center, I, that movie for some reason was, I loved that movie and Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that would be like my journey. It was Mm -hmm. just crazy when I was in there because there's a scene where he actually walks into that center and he's in costume and all these like feathers and, Mm -hmm. and gems start falling off his costume as he's walking down that hallway. Like he's now walking into this new mm. understanding and I am ready to surrender. Mm-hmm. And that that mm. scene plays with me so much because when I went into that center, it was like all of these pieces just started falling mm. off and I was able to mm. finally see like myself and I was like a little kid. Wow. I was like mm. a little kid. And just kid. for context, how many years ago was that? Um, I went in there August of 2019. 2019. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah, this has not been very long. Wow. I was thinking it was much longer than that. No. Yeah. Interesting. No. So just just to pause real quick and, and talk to our SMCC listeners, um, in previous seasons, we've talked about being why being vulnerable and honest from the stage and real as communicators, mm-hmm. in fact, real as one of our staff values, mm-hmm. is so important. And to hear you describe mm-hmm. your whole life, you hadn't been around people that were th- that way and how meaningful it was to be around those people for the first time, that's part of our approach at SMCC. And so we just did this series called Substitute where we talked about substances, sex, and screens. And one of the goals in that series, and I don't even know if, you know, I'm smart enough to figure this all out, but was to be honest and real as communicators. And people really responded well to that series. And I think it's because they don't expect a church, and maybe they learned this growing up in religion, but they don't expect churches to deal with those issues Mm -hmm. directly openly and honestly. Goodness, I have totally found that is that is a basis of Christianity. You know, you mm-hmm. have to that is where I realize now that is where growth comes from mm-hmm. is being able to find those things and walk through those things and realize that, you know, find Christ in that situation. Um, and so, you know, like my my life as like not feeling like it was real of course I had happy, you know, I had happy. It's not like I never had good emotions and stuff, but I feel like 
there was a lot of growth in my life that I missed because I wasn't dealing with the hard, mm-hmm. any of the hard mm-hmm. things. I didn't want to acknowledge that they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally I had to, <laughs> I mm. had to, when, wow. it, when God gave me that place where wow. it's like, you know, this is what you're going to learn now yeah. because you got to learn you gotta this. You got to learn it. Wow. Yeah. So your 45 days go by, you're in this, this right. treatment center and you come out of those 45 days and what was your next Come out of 45 days. Um, everyone on the other side of this ocean was like, okay, now she's coming back. She's going to, my, the thing oh. was I was going to redeem myself, you oh, know, everyone wow. wanted me to redeem myself with a community, with a family, with you know, and and there's a, that's a back lot of Hawaii. pressure back in Hawaii. Oh wow, oh, man! And those were the words used, and I and I just hearing that, and after being in that center, I was like, wow, no, it can't. This cannot be what it's about. This redemption with with the peep with people and things. I understand that the, the amends and the healing and that kind of stuff now, but at that point, hearing you need to come back and redeem yourself, I was like, you know. And and just being told by several people like, well, it's a good thing you had all these good things you'd done because mm. now you've subtracted from that, but you still have a positive balance. Oh you know, things God. like that mm. uh, was just really a hard space for me to to be. And I I at that point, yeah, I didn't. I was not ready to walk back over there and walk into what I needed to face. Mm. Um, And, uh, so yeah, there was some fear in that, but there was also very big feeling of peace that I had gained, um, being in that center and realizing that I can talk my truth. So that was kind of my first step is, you know, I started praying a lot while I was in there and coming out of it. I was just really, really, um, told or felt that, um, I needed to stay here longer. There was there was more I needed to learn. Um, it was not the time to go back over there and work on the redemption right. of mm. of my image yeah. uh, and my wow. relationships with people. Mm-hmm. That my relationship that I needed to build was was here, and I needed to build it with God. And if that meant just me walking alone right mm-hmm. now, that is what I needed to mm. do. Wow. So you yeah. said. Uh, you know, you walked into the center and you would have identified as a Latter-day Saint, but walking out, you you, yeah. you didn't. No. And so um, maybe just briefly, uh, what caused you to make that that shift, you know, to right. kind of kind of uh, deconvert, so to speak? It Did you do research or was it really just some of the emotional yeah, turmoil? Yeah, and that, you know, um, it, it, there was no research. There has been no research involved with my change. Interesting. None hmm. at all. Hmm. Uh, I, I've had a few, you know, recently will say, well, did you read this or did you do that? My switch and change has had absolutely nothing to do with any of that. Interesting. It's been just a complete relationship with God. Like, Mm. um, and I don't even know how to even really explain it other than in coming to understand that, that vulnerability piece, um, and that I had never, um, uh, done that in my life. Um, I, I walked through that idea of like, I have been doing a lot of things for other people and 
you know, right now, the only thing that I have, if I have any belief at all, the only thing I have right now is God. That mm. is it. Mm. I came with $50 and a backpack of clothes, and that was it. Wow. And, um, and just... I I just would pray and and God would just keep telling me you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. you're gonna be okay you're doing the right thing and it had nothing to do with a religion mm-hmm. it didn't have anything to do with uh, you need to go do these steps or whatever we went to a lot of different um, they the the facility took us to a lot of different. Um, churches and stuff while we were in there. And I felt God's presence in so many different places. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know, th- yeah, this, there's something going on wow. here in me. Um, so when I did get out, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't trying to run from the Mormon church, which a lot of family members are, you know, believe that that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. They think you're doing that. <laughs> they think I'm yeah. doing that, um, or I'm in denial and I don't want to face walking through that process. But, but that's really not what has happened. Um, I came out and I was like, okay, well, I know I have this new understanding of God in my life. Um, mm. And what do I do that with this? Because now I'm in a free fall. I feel like I'm in a free fall. I have no framework for life. Everything that I've ever thought is upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I, you know, they may, as part of the program coming out of a recovery center, they make you kind of put together a plan. What support groups are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your week going to look like? And right, that kind of, right, we don't right. want you to just cut, cut yeah, you loose. Good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, um, they, I, I was looking for groups and I found CR, you know, yeah. celebrate recovery. I saw it was a Christian base. And, and at this point I had no religion. I had no idea of, you know, what do I believe? I don't. As far as contextually, I know I have a relationship with God. I feel that so, so strongly. But mm-hmm. And so I just, I because of the AA part that they took us to, um, you know, walking through that idea of surrender. And I just said, this is it. I'm surrendering everything. I, I'm giving my house, my job, my family, like everything I'm surrendering. And I just have to, if you are really there, you need to walk me. I you can walk with me through this mm-hmm. because I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, finding Celebrate Recovery. I did not have any idea it was connected to a church. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I, other than I, you know, it was a 12 step Christian based program. Um, I, I didn't know much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, went there and it, that the pieces really started falling into mm-hmm. place. I was, I, I, you know, saw God in that program and uh, just was welcomed in with everything that I'd been through, was able to be vulnerable in that situation as well. Mm. Um, and started hearing some things about Jesus that I had never quite seen or heard of in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, the LDS Church does have Christ in there. They say they're Christ centered and such, but I, in kind of walking into that CR and, and some of the lessons, um, I thought, wow, this is a little bit of a different take on Jesus than, than I have had. 
Um, but it made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it came down to again, like these pieces were coming together, the idea, like, I don't have to earn anything. I was, you know, so taken Mm -hmm. aback by that. Like Mm -hmm. God loves you regardless of what you do, what you do or what you don't do. I was like, wow, what? (laughs) Cause I, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going right now. Cause I haven't checked any boxes for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so um, I was just starting to hear that kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, I've never heard this before. Like, it's always about how much you can do, how much you can get get done and, you know, that list of things. Hmm. Um, so I and, you know, a lot of people celebrate recovery, come to SMCC. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, well, you know, I'm willing to give everything and anything a try right yep. now. I'm open to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to walk that surrender and Mm. just see where it takes me. Um, so I came to SMCC and, you know, uh, my first experience, uh, I can't remember the sermon exactly. Mm. I do remember a couple points in it though, Mm. because again, that idea of the earning was coming up Mm -hmm. and I was, it just, it just, that one just kept coming to me, coming to me, coming to me and hearing it more and more. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is a message I'm supposed to be hearing right now. Mm. Um, and, you know, so a couple things, it, it took me a while. I mean, I felt the message. I was like, okay, yeah, this message is definitely resonating with me. The the church itself took me a while to really like not think I was doing something evil. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I shouldn't be here. This is wrong. Like- yeah. The music, you know, because I love the music. I love the music now, but but honestly, the first few times I had to be like, oh, talking myself into it because yeah. <laughs> because when you know in the even in the LDS religion, like in their church, it's all about the reverence and right. and they don't even allow certain chords or certain tempos. Oh, you yeah. can't wow. you can't yeah like you can't have musical instruments. You, you there, there's a lot of restrictions because you know I've had yeah. to work some programs and stuff for their sacraments. And so there's a lot of restrictions. They keep it very staunch and very quiet and such. But um, so the first couple of times I came to SMCC, I was a little bit like, ah. Turn the music ah, down. Yeah. (laughs) Brighten the lights. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was glad the lights were kind of down because it made me feel a little more like, okay, it can be a little more anonymous in here. No one sees me. (laughs) Kind of like... Sneak in and sneak out, <laughs> um, but uh, but anyways, my my whole tune has changed mm. uh, to to that kind of thing. But initially, yeah, it was it, it was kind of like oh, I have to like make sure I'm you know am I doing something bad here? Mm. Or is this really church? I you know that kind of wow. thing. Wow. So you've been attending now for I mean, so you checked into the treatment center in 2019. Yep. Yeah. Just 2021. So you've been coming for a uh, few one months. Year. One, one year. One year. I've been coming one for year. one year almost wow. exactly. Wow. So as you reflect now, one year into this journey that has brought you uh, to call SMCC home, uh, yeah. what is it about SMCC that you you enjoy? What what yeah. values really resonate with you? Well, you know, I'm still doing a lot of untangling between mm. uh, the LDS religion and just and just Christianity. Um, I have done four different small group Bible studies with women, which has been absolutely mm. amazing. Um, I 
I love the sermons. The sermons are real. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, like you're talking about the the one that you just had, the substitute. I mm-hmm. mean, mind-blowing and mm-hmm. thinking, wow, someone's actually talking about that in yeah. a church. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> that's that's what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's, you know, Jesus's way of telling me people are real, mm-hmm. people have struggles, and it's it's about getting through those and understanding that he's there for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that he loves us and he wants us to know that, that he's there yeah. and loves us. And so, yeah, just just the realness of those things and understanding the Bible mm-hmm. more for the first... I don't know the Bible at all. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's an ancient, it's an ancient book. <laughs> 66 books, in fact, all, you know, many by different authors, different contexts, uh, different genres. Yeah. You're right. It takes work to read the Bible. It, it does. really does. Yeah. The stuff that I've, you know, I'm doing Bible studies and, you know, I have Bible app on my phone and all these things. Now I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is so weird. I'd go all this time and be, you know, feel like I'm a church going, you yep. know, Christ loving person. <laughs> um, and then to find, I don't even know the Bible, mm. <laughs> uh, is, is kind of mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. Kind of mind blowing. Somebody once told me they felt embarrassed that they had dedicated all their life to this religion and yet had no idea how to read the Bible. Well, someone once told me they yeah. were embarrassed by that. I don't know if, I, I don't know if you would say you felt that way, but, but I think that that's, uh, that's an interesting perspective, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I yeah. just have hours and hours and hours into religion and yet I don't know the first thing about how to read the Bible, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's, that's interesting. I have thought about this a few times now where there's a couple places in the eldest religion where, you know, you make a lot of commitments and a lot mm-hmm. of covenants and stuff. That's a really big thing there. And one of them is that, you know, you turn your life, your time, your talents, everything to the church. And mm-hmm. now I've, I've realized, wow, that's not the to the church part right. is not, it should, you know, to, to Jesus, to yep. God, to God, to his, per, to his purpose mm-hmm. for my, for me in my life, uh, t- turning it over to any church is, should re- right. raise some red flags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, no, it's interesting. We've talked, you know, I've, I've been on staff here almost six years and, uh, people, when they talk to us or ask me questions about baptism, they think they're getting baptized into SMCC, yeah. you know, like they're, right. they're dedicating their life to our church. And uh, and I'm I when I first was asked that question I was like where did they get this like why yeah no no it's it's capital C church it's the it's the body of Christ across the globe yeah. that we are a part of and SMCC is just a local expression of that yeah um, exactly and and um, and when people hear that it's wow that that becomes very meaningful then that, that we're a part of this body of Christ across the the, the world yes you know? and that that was another kind of mind opener for me too is like. Wait, this isn't about a church or a framework of, you know, list of things or whatever. It's this is just Christ. Yeah. That's the truth. That's the truth right yep. there. That's it. And so our mission statement, you know, next steps to be fully devoted, fully delighted followers of Jesus. That's what our church is about. You know what right. I mean? That's we just want to support the next step process with people. Yeah. You know, to help them yeah. take their next step. What's been the hardest part of your journey? As you reflect on yeah, my, all these years, yeah, what's been the hardest part? The hardest part? part of my journey, for sure, um, has been the aftermath of this, because mm. I, you know, there's there's a lot of sin that I've had to walk through and, and work with, but that has... And my kind of leaving the Mormon church or, or not, choosing not to go back into it... Mm-hmm. Um, 
has left my family very, mm-hmm. you know, stepped back. Right. Which is so interesting. Again, the irony of, you know, being cry- a Christ-based person and, you know, you're going to want to take those people in. Like, I have mm-hmm. so much empathy now for anybody that's struggling because right. I'm like, I see you. I'll walk with you in this in this journey. But, my, but the hardest part definitely has been uh, the aftermath of a f- divided family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have three kids. Uh, they're all adults, you know, 25, 23, and 20-year-old. Still, you know, LDS. Um, and they just don't know how to... It, it's kind of like they feel sad for mm-hmm. me. You know, there's like a people... And, I, and that makes me feel kind of bad. Like, they're sad because I've broken the family they feel like i don't love the family or love them because i'm not choosing to be with them for Mm. eternity at least that's what their thoughts are you know and that is very hurtful Mm. and even in that i've realized wow you know they say there's this the the plan of happiness oh that only works if everybody like chooses to think exactly that way and which fosters not. which fosters the stuff the real stuff you know like you yeah. were talking about about keeping that you know away keep up the image it kind of fosters the yeah. image driven culture because yeah. you got to keep it all together certainly and so yeah if you you know if, if you if something happens if you if you commit a sin or if something happens and you are not able to mm-hmm. do whatever those things are then um yeah, it's your your family is in jeopardy. It's right. not an individual journey. It's a very collective. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that kind of group mentality where, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm kind of off on. Now, if you were to question them, they would probably say, well, you know, it's because of the things that happened and she left her family and we're quite not sure about mm-hmm. the sin and things like that. But um but it is based in religion mm-hmm. because they feel like, you know, I've stepped outside of that plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not choosing that plan, which means I'm not choosing generations of family, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all connected. Right. Um, and that makes everyone feel sad yeah. and bad and not quite sure how to talk to me anymore. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you, and this is probably a direct question, do you see yourself in the future working on restoration in these relationships or you're maybe not even to that point yet where you feel capable or, yeah, or healthy enough to do that? certainly, certainly, because, I mean, that will come down the road. It is going to yeah. be a very long and tedious process mm-hmm. for certain um, because, yeah, you know, you know, my, my kids, my, my, my family, they are my kids and they are my family. And I want to be able to have relationships with them at the same time. You know, again, that's another thing I've just had to surrender Mm -hmm. and just, and just put that to God and say, you know, I, you're, I'm going to leave this to your will because, you know, your plan is better than mine and Mm -hmm. you know, my heart, you know, these are things I can say now and things I understand now that, you know, he, he knows me and he knows my heart and he knows like my journey and things will be restored as he, as he will. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just now you know, come to church and continue to like learn the things I need to learn and just surrender that, you know, almost daily. Yeah. Yeah. So I have so appreciated this story. It's been uh, incredibly powerful. Um, 
maybe a last question. What uh, what would you want a listener to hear about your story? You know, if you're kind of going to sum it up for yeah. a listener who either is at SMCC and, you know, maybe they sit next to you on Sunday, but they don't know it's you and they're listening yeah. to your story, what would you say to them? Or what would you say to somebody who is feeling the pressure? Um, they get kind of sense that they've had to stuff these emotions. And, right. and so, and they're, they're dealing with the thing you dealt with, you know, those mm-hmm. years ago in Hawaii. What would you say to maybe them or SMCC people? Right. Um, I guess what I would definitely say is that to be human and to really understand God, we have to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. each other. We have to understand that, that life is about going through those hard things. And when we can talk about them and also have, and understand the purpose of Jesus in our life, that that is where we find him. You know, we find him in walking through those hard things. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's not about being happy all the time. It's about being able to find that peace mm-hmm. in life to be able to walk through all the emotions that we have in all the situations of life that we have, because we come to an understanding of how much he loves us mm-hmm. for not earning it, for mm-hmm. not, uh, not, you know, despising us because we did something wrong. Um, And that I can walk every day being filled up in that knowledge that he loves me. I don't need to get that filled up from anywhere else in Uh the list of things. I can get that just in that knowledge of him in my life. It's who he is. God is love. We read that in the New Testament towards the end. Yep. Wow. That's fantastic. Thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. I was thinking recently, as you were talking, I've been thinking, uh, there's this old there's this old quote that says, uh, hey, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. It's the same with real estate in Utah. Like, <laughs> the best the time idea. to buy a house was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. No, yeah. Um, and yeah. then, but, but I was thinking of this in terms of being honest and open and vulnerable with people. The best time to kind of dim- to be the type of person who's comfortable being honest and open and real was probably 20 years ago is in the past. The second best time is tonight at Celebrate Recovery. You know, it's exactly. like it's like you guys meet on Tuesday nights. So yeah. anyways, if there's someone who's saying, I have this stuff stuffed away in my life and um, man, being open and honest would be so freeing for me. I would encourage you to check out Celebrate Recovery <laughs> or really any group at SMCC because we have a culture where you can belong before you believe. We honor the process. It's okay to not be okay. And um I would just encourage people to uh, to check that out. If you want to get in touch with Lisa, we'd love to help you do that. You can email uh, us. Adam, what's the email if people want to connect with us to then connect with Lisa? Yeah, yeah. It's in the uh, notes uh, for this episode. It's smcc at smccutah.org. Yeah, fantastic. If you want to reach out to Lisa, you could connect with us Absolutely. and we can connect you with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so thank much for you. coming on the show and wrapping up season three. What a great story to wrap mm-hmm. up this season. I think this mm-hmm. season has been so helpful the most listened to season, uh, which makes sense. People are like, I don't want to listen to the pastors. I want to hear real life <laughs> stories. Yeah. So I've been so thankful Love for it. Lisa and anybody else who's been on the podcast. So thank you for listening. Adam, anything else you want to say as you wrap no, up? No, Lisa, thank you for coming out and just uh, allowing us to hear that and for Absolutely. allowing other people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you, I'm sure, have shared that w- at Celebrate Recovery and, and mm-hmm. different settings before, but in a setting where so many more people can even hear it. Yeah. It's really awesome. So thank you for that. And for our listeners, thank you for, for joining us today. And thank you for um, just uh, continuing to listen and subscribe and share with a friend and leave a review. And we just appreciate that. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, a new season here in, uh, I don't know exactly how long, but uh, in the spring, <laughs> we'll be back with a new season. Yep. Really excited to uh, share that season with you. So uh, this is a great chance to get caught up on old episodes. Uh, go back and listen again, perhaps, and then uh, sit tight as a new season comes out here pretty soon. Yeah, thank you, guys. 
guys and uh, we will see you again uh, sometime in the spring take care thanks again for joining us for the fully delighted podcast if you enjoyed what you heard today please subscribe give us a rating or share with a friend for more information about smcc please visit our website at smccutah.org Thanks again for trusting us with your time and we hope to have you back again soon.